Is that like a thing, a new thing you do? You do you just like Ferris Bueller comb your hair in the mirror and then like thumbs up, pistol, finger pistol, and then walk out of the door? Eventually I'm going to have to find something to do with it because there's so much. It's uh, if I if I sh- kind of shag it down, uh, it's it's just like almost in it's almost in my eyes. Are you going to do like a new hairstyle because you're growing your hair out so long? I mean, I'm just not cutting it. But are you going to do something? Like, you've never had this much room to play with. I don't with. know what I would do with it. Like, I mean, it can't go up. It can kind of go, like, swoopy. Maybe I just do, If like, you gelled it, you could look like, uh, you could look like Cloud Strife. You could no, get... No, if I, if I did the, the, all the spikies all over the place, that'll look bad. I feel like you could do, like, the comb-over spike, where it's like, you kind of, you get, like, almost like a pompadour, but to the side, like a little J-pop. A little J-pop action. Yeah. This isn't good for the audio people because I'm just... He's just combing his hair up. There's so much of it. Now you just look like you rubbed a balloon on it. Everywhere. There's just just too much. There's too much here. I got to fix the beard again. There's too much... Have a mustache going on. It's just, it's just a never ending. I just want to. But when you, when you adjust one thing, done with it. When you adjust one thing, you have to adjust a few other things. You know, you kind of. It's all about bringing together one cohesive picture. What you're trying of what Joey and I, I is trying to present himself as. Appreciate what you're trying to do. I think that you're like. Most of the way there, if we can go back and do a take two, really, like we can work. <laughs> no, I think it would have worked if you didn't the... do that. I see what you're trying to do there. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm what... just, I'm just improvising, man. I'm freeballing it. Mm, I'm just trying to get this, the show, the show rolling, man. I'm glad that someone is looking to have the show on track because that person is not me. It's not me. I'm just, I'm just a wild. I'm a wild beast out on the plains who cannot be tamed. You're a mythological creature that's patrolling the city. Some people think they see you, some people don't, and some people spend their entire life trying to catch it's you. It's like three o'clock too. Like what happened to the day? Like I don't it's know, man. the weekend. We're supposed to be doing something, but instead we're just I mean, this is something. This is hashtag productivity. We are here for the people to talk about video games in a way that they like because our opinions are mm, solid. So we told everybody... I don't know what was funny about that. We t- Aside from my great delivery, we told everybody that we're going to be doing a podcast today on Goragoa, a game that won like a BAFTA award or some bullshit. Yeah, it won a BAFTA. Which is... Cool. It's interesting. Call, how many BAFTAs have Call of Duty won? I don't think any. Zero. Exactly. So this episode of Garbage Game Club is about art, goddammit. And if you have not taken the time to play the game, we say this all the time, you just shouldn't listen to the episode because instead you should play the game. Why? Because it's on mobile. Because it's on PC. Because it's on Switch. It's on everything. It's on everything you want to play. And it's cheap-ish and it's short. So there's no reason why in, in our in our beautiful quarantine world, is it bad to call it beautiful? A lot of people are dying. Never mind. In our beautiful quarantine world, you cannot just you you should just take the time to play the game. I would argue though that even if you listen to this before you played the game, you would still have a good time. Because I feel like it would frame it in an interesting way because now you have a little bit of context going in. Although ideally you just go into the game without any context and figure it out yourself. Is this the part of the show where we say that we liked Goragoa? 
Uh, yes, this is the part of the show where we say we liked okay, Gorogoa. Okay, I get it. I get it. I also liked Gorogoa. Um, I played Gorogoa a little bit before you did, and I think we played it in two different ways, right? So Gorogoa as a game is is um no oh, sorry the laptop flickered on and off. I just I just wanted to uh, Gorogoa is, is a simplistic game. It's like it's like a series of interactive illustrations that almost have like a point and click adventure feel. But instead of just we're operating in one world, you're operating in four little vignettes that are all tied together to make big pictures, small pictures, medium-sized pictures and you're you're playing with this interactive puzzle that is always evolving, not just in the sense of the pieces are changing, but the landscape in which you play is changing even though it's all one frame. I did a bad job describing that. You want to take a swing at it? Uh, it's a game that takes place entirely within a square, and that square you can imagine as a window pane, and that window pane is split into four sections, and each individual section makes up an overall picture, but within each individual section, you have independent pictures that by manipulating, you also have a cause and effect that in turn affects other sections of that window pane and in order to proceed you have to kind of figure out the puzzle that is these four independent also dependent moving pictures did you burn yourself baking yeah it did <laughs> that yeah. sucks that's fine it doesn't hurt um but something like that like something like that it's very much an old school style like when i the thing that first put me off about Gorogoa was it's i think inspiration I think it comes from a style of PC game that doesn't really exist anymore. It kind of harkens back to the old school days of something like maybe a Myst, maybe a King's Quest. And those were things that didn't really interest me when I came to playing video games just because it was just like, ah, this is just me looking at a picture and me interacting with a picture. And it basically... Uh, uh, a kid's highlights find the different style. Thing. You don't have that old PC game mentality. You're like a you're like a young Xbox boy. That's well, the I, problem. I, you don't have like I this played, weird affinity for. Myths. I played King's Quest though. Like I played King's Quest three and four, and I was just like, okay, like I get it for what it was, but I never yearned to return to that time. Like I always classified those as games for old white dudes with families. What? <laughs> yeah, like there's just the old dudes who are maybe in the Lord of the Rings to some extent and they just like the idea of this hidden world that's slightly out of reach but if you look close enough you might be able to find it and interact with it and i think that's the appeal of goragoa to me i do like that there is this i think goragoa is about a game and finding meaning in things that don't have meaning it's about how you connect the dots and kind of like, wow, wouldn't it be really neat if this doorknob was actually directly tied to this weird moment I had in my life where the sun was shining through a keyhole and it really reminded me of that doorknob. Like, it's just these invisible lines that a lot of people will kind of put the tinfoil hat on and say, these lines, they all exist, man. The universe is tied all together. And for some, that's kind of beautiful. And, you know, just because it might not actually be tied together, kind of living in that mentality and world is part of the beauty, I think, of something like Gorogoa. I think Gorogoa is a game that has both a message of, wow, isn't this beautiful? And two, like, none of this matters. None of this is actually real. And I think that's cool. I care less for the 
uh, artsy headspace of it in terms of like you know taking uh, any any semblance of meaning. But I do appreciate the art of the art because Gorogo is like a it feels like a very meticulously designed painting, a series of paintings that are all beautiful in their own right, and they all have different tones and shapes and feels, and the way that they interconnect just feels so brilliant right like someone put so much love and thought and time into designing this game and then evolving the art with it that you know i'm not really thinking about like you know the invisible lines or the strings or like the 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 psychological implications of it i'm just like looking at it in astonishment of like wow this thing's pretty which makes me sound like a bit of a mouth breather but i'm like wow this thing's pretty because it oftentimes is like, it was made that way. Like, it's made to be a pretty-looking game. Like, the guy spent seven years trying to make this game, and he drew it all himself, and he just got better as an artist, so he went back to revise previous sketches, which is why the game took so long, because, it's like, it doesn't look good yet. And, you know, he finessed his... He fine-tuned his art ability by making this game, which, in turn, caused him to go back and remake the game. <laughs> seven years is so long <laughs> it's wild and he also fired he didn't fire he he parted ways with his original composer because he didn't quite get there and then he found the new composer and they got there once he figured out what the game was <sighs> this sounds like some kind of tortured artist yeah i mean it, it, this game is very much like if you look at what happens in this game and are able to discern any meaningful information from it like this is a game that very directly parallels the the vision of the creator and the quest of the creator which is super fascinating yeah so you in this game you're kind of like controlling a little boy who has to walk around these mystical places from from location to location i, I think it's and ordinary life it uh get get apples that's it you're collecting apples you're collecting the whole what, point of the five game of is collecting five of them six right? apples six five five or six yeah Something like that. Red, yellow, green, blue, purple. Is there an orange one? I don't think so. Five? Yeah, I think it's just five. But, like, you have the framing device of this. Like, the game begins, like, in just a a cityscape modern day, and then we see a a hint of light, like like some shimmering color, Mm -hmm. which we come to find is this mythological creature called the Gorogoa. This is not in the game at all but you can kind of gleam like is this what a gore i don't know what a goragoa is but i mean that's probably the goragoa probably some sort of mythological creature and we see this kid kind of quickly fumble through his library looking for what this thing possibly is and he lands on a page that's like okay this thing says i need to collect five of these orbs in order to interact with this thing and that kind of sets up the framing device for the game that this kid will spend the rest of his life trying to collect these orbs in order to kind of commune with this thing. But the goal is just to get to the end of the game by solving all the puzzles to collect all the orbs so you can interact with the Gorogoa. Yeah, that's that's it. And you just, you know, it's almost like I like games that uh, are short like this and feel like they segment themselves well. Like every apple is its own chapter. It has like slightly different mechanics and things you know themes yeah and, and like a it's like each apple has like a core mechanic that you kind of notice 
Like it might be ladders or sizes or seasons or something. And then you kind of, you know, it, it changes. It, it feels like, you know, a, a classic game design in that way. Uh, that lends itself to me where getting cer- certain chapters, certain apples, certain orbs uh, just inherently were more fun than other ones. Yeah. Well, I think like because this game is trying to throw so many things at you in an unusual way, I think it does a good job of slowly easing you into the deep end where you kind of start at the shallow end. You get an mm-hmm. understanding like, oh, okay, if I slide this over here, then this means that I can interact. Okay, I can combine pictures. The whole game's a tutorial. Yeah, and, and it slowly builds. Like, So mechanics get more and more complicated as things go on. And I remember thinking like in Chapter 2 or whatever, I came to a point where I was just like, oh, thank God I don't have to do anything that's like sliding these tiles around while I'm also trying to quickly like... I'm glad I don't have to navigate like an object while I'm quickly sliding things around and essentially building a path for a thing that's Mm -hmm. moving. But then eventually you do have to do that and you're just like, oh man, this is going to be hard. But then you realize like, oh no, I I understand how this works easily and it feels like second nature after a while. The game's pretty forgiving. It's not like any of these challenges are difficult. Like it requires a certain level of like thought, but you can also, if you just kind of like click and poke around enough, can kind of discern what objects are manipulatable. Yeah. It does a good job. Able to be manipulated. Well, like a big problem with a lot of old point and click adventure games was that there were often like pixel hunt games where you had to click literally every pixel on a screen in order to find something to interact with. Uh, Gorogoa gets rid of that entirely because if you touch a screen in a spot that's not interactive it'll just tell you what's interactable interactive yeah interactive Mm -hmm. um and and that was super interesting and i i kind of thought to myself like well is it in theory possible to just kind of like mouth breather it and just kind of smash your screen over and over until the right thing happens and the game's not really designed that way the game like you can't really force things to happen you do have to have some general understanding early on you can kind of force things but later on you really do have to know what you're doing yeah and you can be aided by knowing what you're able to like touch interact with but more often than not like you have to you know really put the pieces together and because the challenge ramps up that i felt that is a sign of a good puzzle game oh yeah because ultimately this is just a puzzle game it's just a puzzle game. Yeah, it is just a puzzle. Did game. you play it on your phone? Yeah, I played it entirely on my phone. Interesting. Landscape? Uh, I did it a, a vertical. Huh. I I actually swap back and forth, and the thing that's cool, what it does is, if you play on your phone, if you double click on one of the specific tiles, it'll just bring it up full screen. So if you're having trouble seeing something, you can just kind of interact with it full screen. But for the most part, like I was fine playing it one handed. Interesting. I played it uh, as a big screen experience, like on my PC, or I mean, I guess I could have played it on my Switch on a dock, but I played it like on a TV, basically. And I played this game with a friend, even though this is very much a single player game. There's not there's not two sets of controls. It is a very good unintentional couch co-op game see i feel like that would get frustrating for me i guess it just depends on who your co-op partner is go on well just like if you if you have i think similar ways of thinking about things and i think it could be helpful but that could also be detrimental because you all kind of stumble on the same puzzles that be, but if you have someone who just doesn't get the game, you might often find yourself in a loop where you know what's going to happen before this person does it, but you just kind of do the thing that they said, do it, just to see, like, okay, look, it doesn't work. But, like, 
there'd be things like that's the difference between i think you and i just have different tacks of dealing with people <laughs> then <laughs> like because you're like okay like i guess i'll try that that's a decent idea where like my response to that is nah i think this is right mm. like there's very i think that there's a uh, it, it definitely t- so this like, is a it, dictatorship it's, it's not a co-op no it's a, co- <laughs> it's a co-op game but it's a co-op discussion and like you yes i guess don't play it with someone who you think would be like you know an imbecile and wouldn't know <laughs> what's going on like play it with someone who you think has a has a relative understanding similar to to you do but it could be it can even be fun without that like oh, yeah. I, I i can see you with like some kind of a like a partner on a couch enjoying a glass of wine and playing through gore go in a couple in a couple seatings because you play for a couple hours once yeah. a couple hours twice and then you got and you had like this shared experience i think it's really cool to have a shared experience it's fu- it's a it's a fun puzzle game when you have like multiple minds working on something yeah i don't disagree know? i don't disagree unless you're like nick who can't handle input from someone else no that's not it at all i'm just saying like hey look i already know it's not gonna fit the way you think it does but i'll just do it anyway to well, i'm supposed to be the one who's like always chilling a high horse but you're yeah. so fucking high up off the ground right now you Dude, gotta I, down. I transcended through gora goa i saw the invisible links i powered through that bad boy in about an hour 20 an hour 20 an hour 30 tops i was just like in the zone i was like this goes here this goes here this goes here when i get stuck I take a break, go pee, and then I think about the puzzle, come back, boom, got it. It was great. It was so fun. I loved it. And I love the narrative that's presenting for people who either want to know what's going on, why you're doing these things, or the game doesn't shove it down your throat. You could just have a fun time solving puzzles. But I, I think there's something beautiful about how it's using the medium of video games to tell a type of story that you don't typically see in video games and told in an unconventional way because you really do have five split narratives that all meet up at the beginning and at the end. And I think that's awesome. And I think that it's presentation of each chapter is feels so like thematically appropriate to the overall thing, but it also like taps into one specific type of emotion that it's trying to evoke from you while you're playing. So I think chapter one is... Chapter one is in, uh, whimsy, and that whimsy turns to fear when you're in like this bombed out country. You're basically seeing the rise and fall of a civilization throughout the course of this kid's life. And when I initially played through the game, I thought the game was telling me that, what do you think? Is the thing this kid is seeing real? Is the Goragoa real or is it not? Did this kid literally break his legs trying to chase after this imaginary creature and that's the tragedy of it but that got me thinking a little more i was like well i mean his life seemed pretty dope like he saw a lot of cool things that not a lot of people get to see so even if this thing was imaginary that doesn't make it any less meaningful and and that's what i really appreciate it was a game that was showcasing the beauty of imagination at least to me at least that's that's what the game was to me but then I also got to think, what if the Goragoa was real? So we have the what if not, but what if it is? And I think it's, it's super interesting that there is someone who was, their entire life was designed around trying to meet this creature. And they had to kind of transcend time in the past, in the present, and the future in order to get all the pieces to kind of co- connect. And in the end, he finally communes with the creature. And you know what? It seemed pretty cool. It was a cool-looking monster, the Gorgo. It was a pretty neat-looking thing. Ooh, pretty colors. <laughs> but like, the thing that's cool, though, is like the game does seem to borrow from a lot of um, like 
the Gorgo itself the, seems to borrow from like a lot of Aztec designs, mm-hmm. and that's not a, a thing you see pretty often in video games. So it was really cool seeing something that felt like a combination of like Quetzalcatl and like all these other like South American mythological beasts kind of mashed together, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, it was cool to see all the different art inspiration that was taken mm-hmm. for the piece because it did feel like a big, every chapter. having a slightly different theme felt like it was a slightly different art style Mm -hmm. and you're like wow this is like you can really get lost in the beauty of it and i i'm not one to often get like lost in the beauty of something Mm -hmm. uh i I think i very seldomly do that and i think part of the reason why that's a funny sentence I'm not, you're so like romantic and thinking about stories and the beauty and the meaning of stuff. And I'm just like mechanics. <laughs> so like very different, very different mindset. That's yeah. why we probably work well together. It's, uh, I think part of the reason why I was enjoying the beauty is just because of the intricate ways that it worked with the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like if it w- if this was just a series of paintings on a wall in an art exhibit, I'd be like, whatever. Couldn't give less of a fuck. I guess those are nice colors. I see some kind of South American inspiration. Awesome. Let's go hit the buffet. Like, (laughs) but because all this art was intricately, (laughs) Jesus, fuck me, entwined with, uh, with, with the way that you navigate these different frames, you really have to stop and appreciate the small details. So... I, I like that Gorgoa made me take a step back and take a breath and just like look at everything. It, it really seems like someone just decided to build an escape room inside of an art gallery. And I think that there's some sort of level of mastery. And that's super reductive, but I think there's like a level of artistry there that is just on another level. Like I, I don't want to know what's going on in this dude's head, the person who made this game, because it's probably a mess. But like, he's probably a sick person. But like, if like again, the game took him a long time to make. So the fact that he had to redraw stuff just makes you think like, well, what if I actually place this thing over here? That would fundamentally change every part of the game, at least for the chapter that you're in. So like, that's crazy to make a game that if you were to change one little detail, it would literally change the structure and flow of right? the entire game. Like, wow. I would love to see what the design documents <laughs> look like. There, there, a lot of them are hand-drawn. Like, he, he, he did, like, a thing. Like, the, uh, I think he had an interview with Kotaku, it was. And they kind of walked through, like, what it went through, what, what he went through making this game. And it was super-duper fascinating. Very interesting guy. Apparently, Gorogoa is the sound of thunder. It's, a, it's, it's what he imagined as a kid the sound of thunder was. Gorogoa. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, this person is on a different level of existence than I am. Like, <laughs> and, and he started off making a graphic novel, but he stopped because it was too hard. <laughs> and so he made this. <laughs> yeah, surely this was easier than just doing the drawings. I didn't know that background. That's actually wild. Yeah, um, yeah I think that... I think that because this game is so accessible and so short and so cheap and so unique that it's definitely like a good garbage game club game because it's worth people exploring. It might not be something that people are normally playing. It is a little bit artsy. Sometimes we do tend to skew that way. Well, I was never going to play this game, but then I but like, you, you I felt played to. this game and then stopped and then didn't play it for years. And I'm like, Nick, play this game. Wait, not, I've never played Gorgo. I thought you said you that you started playing it. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm wrong. 
I never played Gorgo. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. This game has been. Uh, this game is one of those games that was like on my Steam wishes for two years, and I'm like, oh, it's four dollars now. Guess I'll play it. Ah, there's something here. There's something. There's something here. Oh yeah. So there's a reason. I I uh, I like a lot of things that win BAFTA awards. I guess. Oh wow. Including including board games. Like <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of high art. Oh man, have you played that new Skyrim mod that won a BAFTA? There's a Skyrim mod that won a BAFTA. No. <laughs> They're turning not, it into a full game. It's I'm called not, The Forgotten City. I'm not going to because <laughs> Skyrim is not a good video game. But apparently this BAFTA award winning Sky- mod Skyrim is, is not a good video game. But Joey, we're not going to play Skyrim on our next garbage. No, we're play. never going to play Skyrim, Nick. It's up there with the likes of like up the Dragon Quest 100 and uh <sighs> I don't know what else I would have. Hard veto. Probably not a lot, really. Um, What's our next game, Jay? Our next game is uh, kind of something actually similar in vain to Gorgoa. Something that is a game that is very story-heavy and kind of short, and you can ply on your phone. And this time it's flipped because it's something that Nick likes. Sorry to spoil it, but I haven't played. Um, again, to recap, I played Gorgo and he didn't so like it. So it's, like, it's like, like a swap, but a similar theme. We're going to try out Florence. And that's, a, that's a, an indie game that released... Is it a BAFTA winner? I don't know. Probably mm. not. I don't know. I think it came out like two or three years ago. I want to say two years ago. And yeah. it's a pretty short game. You could definitely beat it, I think, in under an hour. But I think it'd be fun to compare and contrast these two. Yeah, I think that would be... That'd be- Good too. So there'll probably be a little bit more Gargo talk on the next episode. We're gonna play Florence. You should also play Florence because it's uh, very easy to pick up and not very intensive, and you might enjoy it. I'm I'm interested. I know I'm more interested to play Florence, not just because it like was well received, but also because I know that Nick liked it a good deal. Yeah. So, so there you have it, and we promise after that we have something something a little meatier, something more with the game are we gonna, are we gonna promise something I feel like we should something a little bit more substantial than a mobile game quote unquote well how dare you talk poorly I'm about just talking from game. from the perspective of an audience you? I can't member. even look at you how dare you talk poorly but you're looking game. at me in your in the preview I'm frame not there you go I can't <laughs> you're gone into the world so oh man we even talk about Gorgoa's soundtrack which is really good because it all stacks up the entire throughout the entire game like it adds one instrument every time and then at the end they all play and that's very good but until next time play florence goodbye peace